Um, hi, and welcome to our very first episode of Over Drinkers, uh, Story Screen's podcast, where your fellow voice that you're hearing in your ears right now, Mike Burge, gets together with one, two, three, four, who knows how many guests, just to talk about a movie in particular over some drinks. Um, yeah. In this episode, for to mark the occasion, uh, we're doing the love stories all February long, and we wanted to get together and talk about one of the most underrated or overrated love stories ever captured on film, The Notebook. 2004, Nick Cassavetti's film starring Baby Goose and Rachel McAdams. And uh, today I am joined by... Stamper. Hmm, Stamper. <laughs> like Prince. Yes. One word. And we are drinking, you should say, because you said it way better than me. Okay. Casilero del Diablo. A Cabernet Sauvignon from 2014 Chile. Mm. Mm. It's quite cheers, nice. Cheers to you. Yes, 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 yes. So, um, besides awkward moments where you're going to be hearing us slurping down wine, uh, we're pretty much just going to talk about The Notebook. Um... The entire idea being behind things that we like about it, things that we don't like about it. Um, we both recently just watched it. You watched it I in the past couple of days. Actually, just within the last few hours. Whoa. I wanted it to be so fresh. So you're fresh. You're fresh Super on this. Fresh. Wow. Okay. Just <laughs> like, my tears. like uh, the Notebook's uh, Rotten Tomatoes score, which is very low. Ooh. Uh, the critics is low, though, but like audience is like 85 percent. Okay. Because, you know, the, it's, it's, a, it's a movie for the common people. For the, true. for the everyday 1940s couple who turned into James Garner and Gina Rollins. Yeah, what was that about? What? It was one of the, that's one of the weirdest things. Before we get to that, though, okay. we're getting to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess we'll uh, we'll just start uh, with you, like your general feelings on the Notebook. Do you like it? Do you not like it? When did you first see it? Hmm. Well, having watched it within the last few hours, it did uh, incite some sadness i did well up i had to stand up and walk around the room to stop the tears from falling mm -hmm. it it really did get to those heart-wrenching moments um mostly because of the overarching um alzheimer's uh, or the dementia rather the mm -hmm. the crippling dementia that was encroaching on Allie. um but i hadn't seen it in several years so i kind of just remembered it as this beautiful love story between two young 17-year-olds, you know, just figuring out what they're doing in life, what it is to love, what it feels like. And having rewatched it, um, the how it was marginalized um, with the current scene of um, older Noah reading to Allie the story of their lives, um, that really just kind of got to me on another level, as opposed to just this kind of prepubescent or pubescent love story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like when you think about The Notebook, you think about Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling yes. and that whole story and that. And only after about maybe five seconds of pondering on that do you go like, oh, wait a minute, there's like a whole thing where like they're older and Allie's losing her mind mm -hmm. through to Alzheimer's and dementia and uh, Noah is going by the name of Duke walking around because it's supposed to be a surprise. I don't know. This is something that I watched it recently with my girlfriend uh, who had never really seen it from like beginning to end all at once. And going into it, I, I like The Notebook. I think The Notebook does exactly what it's supposed to do as a just 
um, uh, like uh, like flare in the lens kind of uh, love story of like summer love kind of stuff. Like that's all it is. Right. And I kind of like how the two of them, Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams, their characters when they're younger, they even understand like the, there's something kind of meta to the way they talk about it, uh, their love where it's like, oh, like poor little lumber boy and like the rich debutante girl like oh it'll never work out because we've seen this movie we've we've read these stories time and time again um and i kind of like that little meta criticism that's in there whether it's intentional or not um but you always think about the moments like the big moments when they were kids or like when they're like the the six years later when he's got that beard i know and he's been working on the house all this time he's seen people die in the war (laughs) the blue shutters that's right his friend finn dies in the war the uh the fake played by the fake sean no not fake like the the attractive sean astin what's his name the guy from Entourage, I wrote oh, it down. Oh. Kevin Conley. Kevin. Con- no offense to Sean Astin. Sean Astin is a good-looking guy. Uh, the 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 Sean Astin is Samwise Gamgee from Lord of the Rings. He was in Goonies. He's Rudy. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. He oh. they kind of look alike. They do. Only, only he's just got uh, 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 Kevin Conley's got more of like a like a chin. I think that's <laughs> his name, Kevin Conley. I hope so. But yeah, when Finn, I love that too in the World War II scene where it's just like, you're in World War II for I think 30 seconds in yeah. that movie, just out of nowhere. <laughs> and it's just real quick. And I remember I remember his friend died, but I didn't remember how realistic it was. Mm, they didn't really show they anything. They didn't really show yeah. anything. It's like something happens. He sees him. He goes up to him to help him. There's a moment the recognition. where he, like, he sees him. And then there's that great moment where Ryan Gosling just kind of like looks at his friend like he looks at his whole body and then like looks confused and looks back at him and when he looks back at him he's still yeah, he's I was like that's very realistic that's in and out one and done and it, they do the same thing with um, spoilers by the way oh, yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen The Notebook yet come on um, they do the same thing with uh, uh, his dad Sam Shepard it's just Sam Shepard is helping him with the house his dad's helping him build the house and then they start going over like a uh, a montage of scenes with uh, James Garner's narration, and then all of a sudden it's just like, after his dad passed, In the November. house was all he had, and that's it. Yep. You don't find out, how? you don't find out how he died, which is so weird. You just assume maybe you'd think that would be a big deal. Yeah, but I think that's just supposed to be the final push. Into... But we'll get to Ryan Gosling's madness <laughs> in this later. Um, but yeah, like the whole James Garner Alzheimer thing. That's kind of like, you know, it's so hokey. And you need to have that kind of, um, like, a love. have you ever seen the movie Love Story? No. It's like a really classic, I think it's from the 70s, uh, where um, one of the characters has cancer, and it's like them finding love while fighting cancer. Um, and it's a lot like that, kind of like throwing that disease on there, like something comes in between them uh, that has to that puts into perspective their love and what they're, um, how they're going to handle it. Mm-hmm. What did you think about, do you think like, uh, like the possibility of Ryan Gosling growing into James Garner or Rachel McAdams growing into Gina Rollins? Like that always messes you know, me up. Cause I'm like, that's not the same person. They even, so at the end, well, close to the end, when older Noah is looking through a photo album 
as young versions of themselves, it was those they the actors themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, what are their names? Who plays older Noah and Allie? Oh, James Garner and James Gina Rallis. And Gina Rallis. Mm-hmm. It's images of them, not Ryan Gosling. And uh, right, I noticed it too. I never noticed that before. Uh, but when I recently watched it, it was so. Is it supposed to be? Is it supposed to be like that's who she's imagining in her head as he's reading her the story? Well, as the viewer as well, you know, we have to be kind of kept at bay for a little bit. Right. Because we don't, well, maybe we do assume mm-hmm. that that's what the relation is as he's reading the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is revealed later on that it's about them, the story. And so maybe it was so that we weren't tipped off too soon. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, I always thought that like it wasn't so much a twist like you slowly start getting revealed pieces of information you you find out that um the the woman that he's reading to um is his wife and then you find out that the woman that he's reading uh to uh they have children together that she's unaware of and you and you and then you realize that he doesn't belong in the home that he's just there because he wants to be with her and you like they slowly give you all these things and i feel like you learn very early on before older Allie does that wait a minute these are these stories are connected in this mainly because the movie is called The Notebook and he's reading from a notebook notebook. which a notebook isn't like a isn't like a book that was like written and you're reading the story like somebody wrote that in there so it had to be him or her or somebody I always found that confusing that I, I never considered it like a twist I didn't notice that at first even this time around where so he's for reading... me, I was seeing it from older Ellie's perspective until, I mean, I knew what the outcome was going to be, of course, mm-hmm. but in rewatching it, it is from her point of view initially in a way, because it's not completely obvious. At least it wasn't to me. So mm-hmm. I must have. Well, that's, I feel like it's easy. It's easy to figure it out if you're looking there and it's uh, absolutely no disrespect to anyone who didn't figure it out because then it's a moment. But, like, I, I don't think that people that are like, I saw it coming a mile away. Right. Well, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious, like, <laughs> if it's there and you're looking at the right spots. But it's still the moment when Ali realizes isn't any less powerful if you already figured it out and it's not a twist to the audience. It's it's her right. realizing and it's her mind coming back. It's And that's where it starts to get really odd because I feel like they don't act like those characters, like I feel like James Garner doesn't really have the the same like uh charm that Ryan Gosling has and that might just be my uh physical attraction <laughs> to Ryan uh, Gosling. To Ryan Gosling. <laughs> um but he's also got a great brain too and of he's course. talented. He can sing, he can he can dance. God damn it. That man can Everybody dance. stop it. He can dance. He dances in this he in does. the streets to um what's that song? You would know. I you would know. know. I should know, but I can't remember. <laughs> he bu- he he bum bum hums it anyway, so it's okay. But that was something that was nice too, because um, Allie in the home when she's first introduced is wearing a beautiful crimson dress with beautiful crimson lipstick, and Rachel McAdams' portrayal of her hey. wears red almost all throughout, um, particularly when she's first introduced to Ryan. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a nice. She wears mainly connection. blue and light colors later though, when on, she's but uh, in her youth. When she's with Lon. When she's with Lon. Lon, yes. played by Teen Heartthrob James Marsden. 
who never gets the girl. No, he never does. He never gets the girl. Yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> that's his niche role. He uh, he's uh, Cyclops, Scott Summers in the X Men movies, and Jean's like kind of in love with yeah. Wolverine, Logan. She's torn. She's torn. Femke Jensen, and then uh, uh, the Notebook. Uh, he's also. Lois Lane's love interest in the Superman Returns movie, oh. and where she's just like, I like Superman, not you. <laughs> poor guy. A poor guy, all right? And uh, um, Disturbing Behavior, which is this great movie with Katie Holmes and James Marsden. You need to see this movie. Okay. I have it. I'll let you borrow okay. it after this. You have to. It, you'll, <laughs> the soundtrack of that is just like, it's it, it's a lot like The Craft, only Ooh. it's more like sci-fi than um, like fantasy. Okay. It's great. Um but I think he barely gets the girl in that one. And I always, uh, I always said that 27 Dresses was the first one where he got the girl, which was funny to me because before that, I was always saying James Marsden was always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Never the bride. He was always the second, the second <laughs> choice. And then it's a movie about a bridesmaid that he, he gets finally gets the girl. He's so sassy in that movie. <laughs> I love James Marsden. Sorry, this is kind of coming okay. out too. That's like, I'm Rachel McAdams. I'm Allie in this movie. I am just equally as in love with um, Bridesmaid and Baby Goose. Like, I love them both. I love them both <laughs> well, like equally. That. They're both good guys. And I just have to they choose what I want. It's hard. Mm. She had such a history with Ryan. There was no way that she'd mm. go for a Bridesmaid. And that's another big deal. That's a big, big deal about this movie is that it could have so easily... People think it's cliche. And it's it's just like, oh, we've there's a hundred movies like that. It's Nicholas Sparks. You know, yeah. like he's uh, like he does this and he Cheesy. does that. He paint, paint by numbers, and that is one hundred percent correct. But I think in how Nick Cassavetes, the uh, director, who is the the son of Gina Rollins that plays older Ali, what? yeah, yeah, interesting. John Cassavetes and Gina Rollins' son Nick Cassavetes directed the movie, and I think that his approach in I don't know if it had anything to do with the screenplay or how they shot it. But I feel like there's a lot of cliche moments. Like I said earlier, the fact that they comment on the fact that they're probably not going to end up together because he's poor and she's rich and that's a, a cliche. Right. The very fact that they comment on that is like interesting. And the fact that when she leaves Ryan Gosling and ends up falling in love with somebody else, that guy is not like obsessed with his job and not giving her enough time or he's a little bit of a drinker. And like uh, maybe he's a little fiendish or like uh, messing around behind her back and lying to her. He's a really good guy. Mm -hmm. And he loves her. And he loves her. And she loves him. And it's she says, uh, I'm two different people. Like I'm I'm one person when I'm I feel like mm -hmm. one person when I'm with you and I feel like a completely different person when I'm with him. And that's the whole that's the whole point of right. the notebook. Ryan Gosling is not the main character of the notebook. And James Marsden is obviously not the main character in the notebook. He shows up halfway through. Rachel McAdams, Allie, is the main character of the notebook. And it's all about her learning to... She's the only one really with an arc. She has right. to learn to like not just try and fight her parents or do something just because it's what her parents want her to do or what her parents don't want her to do or anybody else. She has to figure out what she wants and what she wants to do and what choice she's going to make for her. Ryan Gosling just goes crazy. Uh, in a big way. Big way. <laughs> totally loses it, dedicates his life to the idea of getting her back by some divination simply because he dedicates all this time to building the house that he promised to her, the house that they had their first, you know, 
real serious kind of adult moment mm-hmm. in. Um, and it was interesting because there is such a dichotomy between her relationship with Ryan Gosling and then her relationship with, I'm just going to call him Bridesmaid. You can call him <laughs> Bridesmaid. Because it was, her relationship with him was far more mature. I mean, riding down on horseback together along the beach. Oh, you look so good there. <laughs> it was all about him in that moment, mm-hmm. let's be real. The lights just, he's basking in the he light. He looked like it's Christopher glistening. Reeves on that, on that mm-hmm. night. Which, I, oh God, <laughs> Christopher Reeves fell off. Of, oh. <sighs> Sorry. Keep going. Okay. And then the jazz scene and everything they had together just jived well and it seemed like the perfect fit. It's everything that her parents had idealized for her, wanted for her. And as the viewer, it made perfect sense. You know, she was, she and Ryan had been apart for seven years. She had gone through college. She had seen so much just as he had seen. She was helping as a nurse's aide with um, injured heroes, essentially. Mm-hmm. And that's how they met. And that metaphors in for Noah, because she knew Noah was out in the war. So they were. I think they say like they were that's all true. Noah. Her. Yes, that's true. She was true. taking care of them. That's the only. Yeah, way. everyone that she saw mm-hmm. in everyone's face, she saw Noah. That's exactly true. Um, and that in itself, how she met bridesmaid, is very cliche. It is a. It's like a classic story from that time period. You would. You might say. Too. That's like yeah, and when when she comes out of. Uh, there's a, a shot where she comes out of uh, college with her friends, mm-hmm. and um, and he's just sitting there, yeah, standing there by his up. car, like leaning on his car, and they're all like, <laughs> "Who's that?" <laughs> and then he, like takes the hat off. In only a way, a person wearing that costume can take a hat off. Like it's like this swooping motion of the hand. Hair. He's like, "Excuse me, miss. <laughs> How's about that date?" Like it's just like ah. Perfect. That's like that's just as romantic and that's just as like epically, iconically romantic as you know like the kissing in the rain or the birds on the um, on the lake that are right there. Fun fact, real quick: um, those birds, Nick Cassavetes, the director, hatched them at that lake in pre-production to make sure that they felt comfortable there so that they could film there and they would stay. What? Not sure if that's true. Read it somewhere and it's awesome. So I'm going to say that Nick Cassavetes is a bird whisperer and he did that. (laughs) Because that scene is, I mean, magical. Mm -hmm. Magical. Unrealistic. Very unrealistic. (laughs) But real, nonetheless. But what is love if not unrealistic? True. Mm -hmm. And I, oh, cheers. Cheers to that, yes. Cheers. Um, well, speaking of unrealistic, how do you feel about the way Ryan goes after Rachel McAdams' character in the beginning? In the beginning, the Ferris wheel. The Ferris wheel. I, um... How overt he is with his, with his feelings. Like, mm-hmm. I just needed to be close to you. All these little lines. Yeah, there's little moments of it where, like, it borders on, like, obsession and stuff yes. and and you know me like I'm I'm very uh yeah, I'm very against labeling people's labeling people based on their emotions cuz emotions are very hard to control true they're um they're it's it's uh the measure of a person and how kind and how rude or lewd they are towards people is based on um how they control their emotions and present themselves so your emotions you can think and emote anything that you want but when you 
throw that out there to people, that's when it starts getting a little creepy. And mm-hmm. some of the things that Ryan Gosling does in this movie are a little creepy. Super creepy. Like, she's, like, on a date with a dude. <laughs> and actually, it looks like she's on a date with two dudes. Or, like, she's not actually on a date, but there's two dudes that are, like, going after she her. She's just, like, the new, you know, yeah, she's shiny just like, thing oh, in town. Yeah, she's just like, oh, hanging out with my friends. And there's two dudes that are like, what are you doing, ma'am? <laughs> Get away from her. There is also one of the guys that she's with. Or one of those guys that's going after her. I don't want to keep saying that she's with them because I don't think she is. Um, one of the guys, the guy that's on the Ferris wheel with Allie looks with like he's stash. from 2004. Like, they <laughs> did not do a good job on making that guy look like he was in the 40s. He just looks like 2004. And uh, I guess that's like all the, I got to say about that guy. Huh? the weird stash. I think that was the he, only thing he had But going it looked for like him. a 2004 stash. Okay. It didn't look like a 1940 <laughs> stash to me. And I'm an expert on mustaches. All right. Duly noted. So... Back up here. Thank you. It's good. This is like a form of intermission. Yeah, this is nice. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Good. Ah, Chile. Chile. Um, but yeah, the uh, the Ferris wheel moment. That's that's a big moment. Where he's like on the Ferris wheel, will you go Climbs out with me? Up, yeah, and, uh, can't, can't hold three, Noah. And he just gets off and he's hanging up there. Um, a show of strength. <laughs> My little baby goose. He's uh, <laughs> he's got he's got a lot of upper body strength, you know, it's and true. that's 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 where the dancing sure comes in too. Like he's he's just he, he knows what he, his body is aware of what it's doing at all times. Um, <laughs> But uh, I think that that's like that's uh, that's fun and cliche and uh, slightly romantic to the right person. Like, ooh, look at what he did. That's right. that's so impressive. I'm more. I love uh, her reaction, uh, where when when she finally understands that he got her, because in some small way she's kind of like interested in this. Yeah. But then she uh, starts unbuckling his belt and pulls his pants down. So now he's stuck there on the Ferris wheel, and that's fantastic. It is. Because it's almost like a power play. You know, he had one over her, and then she gave it right back. Mm-hmm. Which I think goes to show that she kind of has some... Well, I mean, going back to the meta, when they were talking about being in this relationship, um, when they were talking, and he was throwing all these lines at her, she was like, oh, I'm sure you say that to all the girls, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And, you know, at my age now, 28, these are things that I understand when dealing with men but at mm. 17 not necessarily there's a sort of that's there's a, big a naivety thing too. people forget how young they are because Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling are like in their early 20s when True. they made the movie but they're supposed to be 17 years old i i think they Ryan Gosling's supposed to be 17 Ryan Gosling's supposed to be the same Noah's the same age as Allie yeah. right so they're 17 years old like they don't know anything that's like so when the mom says like you don't know any you don't know the first thing about love <laughs> And then she's like, you don't look at daddy the way I do. Like, that's such yes. a 17-year-old angst. You know, like, mm-hmm. I have, I even told, I got in a huge fight with my dad when I was younger. I think I was, like, 16. And I said the dumbest thing in, in my life to him. And that was, I'm 16 years old, and I've already, I've already experienced way more than you have. Whoa. And I was so wrong and stupid. But that's just my... My, my I used to be very pretentious. I've tried to get away from that. Well entitled. But the it's very it's a very angsty thing to say. Like you you're you're when you're when you're like sixteen, seventeen, when you're like a teenager, 
you're you're just like there's so much emotions going on in you and you don't know who to lash out at and you may not want to admit it but the people who are the closest to you are your parents because mm -hmm. you spend the most time with them and they have already had the most impact on you and you either love them or resent them for that mm -hmm. and so it's like when she says when her mom Ali's mom says uh, you don't know uh, what love is she's kind of right although later on her mother takes her on a little ride the best brings part of the her movie. to like what was it a mine a coal mine it was a coal mine it was a coal mine mm -hmm. and they <laughs> very discreetly hide in their large blue convertible behind mm -hmm. you know this this mound of gravel and the mother points out a man that she was very much in love with when she was a girl and he was a boy um kind of almost validating how Allie felt, but also trying to relate to her. And then the mother broke down into tears. You could tell that the mother still loved or carries a love for this person that she once knew, but still loves the man that she's married to. So it's this interesting parallel that's going on. A lot like Bridesmaid and Baby Goose. Of course. Mm -hmm. And, um, like Allie would have loved Lon. She would have, oh, yeah. she would have went on, they would have had a very yeah. happy life together, but she always would have thought about, and that's the unacceptable fact is even now that she's with, when she ends up with Noah, she's still going to think about Lon. Mm -hmm. oh. Like these, these things stay with us, you know, and it's, it's not a, it's not a question of the right choice. It's a question of the choice that you're comfortable committing to. Because either way, there's going to be broken hearts. There's going to be uh, thoughts, always. Uh, and it's, 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 not a, it's not a choice of like the better option. Because they were fairly which equal one are you gonna go for? who she cared about. Mm -hmm. It would just be how comfortable you'd be in terms of finance with Lon in the long run. Because she loved him. Do you think wholly. it was really about money? I No, what I'm saying is the love was compar comparable, perhaps, between Lon and Noah. However, on the one hand, what she would be getting extra out of that relationship with Lon, if anything, was um, a cushy life. Security. Security. Mm -hmm. But Noah also had that. He just didn't come from it. Mm. Um, so there really is the, the decision that has to be made. But those two things really didn't play into it at all mm -hmm. i wouldn't think right absolutely and that's why it's because it's not about noah and it's not about lon and which one's rich and which one's uh artistic yeah it's not about what it's they not can about them it's her. about it's about ali it's not about what they can offer her it's about what ali wants right. that's what he says like what do you want what do you want what do you want that beard <laughs> and before we get off that too the uh that moment with um joan allen who plays the mom and Allie in that coal field and she's talking about it and she breaks down a little bit and she says like, I love your father. You need to know that. And I love you. And she's just telling her this. It's like, it, it puts an entirely different spin on how she was acting before right. because she obviously listened to her mother. You know, her mother mm -hmm. must've been a lot like her because they all come from money. True. But we also don't know that. It could be a very different thing. But it seems like, you know, she was also very rich and well off. And she fell in love with this 
coal miner. Yeah. Like, and that's also assuming that this guy has been like working at the coal mine forever. <laughs> right. He might have been doing something else and like met hard times, or maybe he likes. It could be his place, and he was just yeah. joking around that day. And he's like, "Hey guys, look at me! I'm coal mining too." He <laughs> could have been super rich. But I, I really love that, um, that moment, that line. There's a moment and a line right next to right next to each other where uh, everything that Allie can take away from the scene, everything that she's there to learn, she's learned. And then we linger on the scene a little bit longer and Joan Allen looks back mm-hmm. at the guy and the guy looks up and sees her. And he doesn't just look like there's a nice car over there. He recognizes yes. her. And the camera is on him long enough where we as the audience go, he recognizes her. Mm-hmm. And then we cut back to Joan Allen and she says, I don't even know who that is. That's a really great little moment for a very small character. She is not in the movie all that much. She's a bit in there in the beginning, but it's it's it, it, as far as like everybody else involved, she's pretty much um, she's pretty much uh, she's peripheral. Yeah, she's she's to Allie what Finn is to Noah. Right. You know, once they're done with her, they don't need her anymore. They're not going to kill her in World War Two, <laughs> but. They're like, and that's that's what really sucks too. I wish Finn would have gone on. I think it would have been really good to have um, Finn helping him build the house. I don't know. I think Ryan had to do it on his own. I think these things had to happen to him so that he did snap in a way yeah. and dedicate to the house. There's really no, um, there's no uh, after World War Two. There's no like PTSD or anything like that. There's no Not indicated. You never really get anything. It's when his dad dies and when he sees uh, Allie with Lon yeah. that's what like makes him snap and we all know exactly how that feels <laughs> when you see somebody that's insane yeah, it just makes you go crazy <sighs> just want to kill throttle kill throttle <laughs> in that order in that order kill and then throttle what does throttle mean it's what is like that? ringing someone ringing by the somebody's neck, neck? Yeah. okay I you see know? right like like uh Homer Simpson and yeah. Bart Simpson yep. like their eyes just bug out of their head right. a little mm-hmm. but they're fine in the, in the long run so no harm, no foul. That's the thing that I really wanted to talk about was uh, you were saying before Ryan Gosling, his approach to um, Allie, Allie yeah. in the beginning, a little creepy. Very aggressive. Very aggressive. So that translates, I think, into when he's older and he's not getting his way. I'm not trying to say that he's acting like a child, but the... the oh the scene where she snaps into it and then snaps out again and they're dancing oh Never no mind. no not no no not that far <laughs> but that's good that's a good oh yeah, i guess so that kind of connects them no i was talking more like in the middle like the six years later when um when he just starts like really losing his shit uh because he can't have Allie. you know like he decides to build the house and starts building it and he's fixing it up with his dad and then in a chance encounter when he's like, he goes to like New York or something like that to like get a, a, a loan or something. Um, he sees Allie mm-hmm. in a rest, walking down the street, jumps off the bus, goes into the restaurant uh, or goes just outside the restaurant that she goes into. Mm-hmm. And he sees her with Lon and um, old Noah, Duke, James Garner, says something snapped inside of him and then it cuts to like a scene of him like ripping metal off off the the roof roof. of a house like a crazy person 
And uh, I love uh, him painting the house in like the middle of the night. Yeah, and he just that's a light. great one. Like he's not just he's just not stopping. He's yeah. going all night. And like that, what do you think about him going crazy? Like he's actually crazy. And when Ali shows up, he kind of he's in love with her, and he's not going to hurt her. Yeah. He's he would ne- I don't think he would ever do anything to hurt her. But he is like a madman, kind of like in that house. Yep. He. I mean, there was even a a point where um, it said that he had it in his mind that if he completed the house, she would come back to him. Mm -hmm. So in seeing her, maybe he was so poised and collected because he thought, of course she's here. This is what was going to happen when I finished the house. And it was almost some by some magic because she saw the image in the newspaper and she came over because he had seen her. She didn't know that he saw her. But when Lon asked her to marry him, he um, the image of him came to mind immediately, and then she went out of her way to find him. So there, regardless of what Noah thought was going on all the while, there was another storyline going on where she was always going to be going back to him, and he was the one who waited. And imagine she never showed up. Mm-hmm. He probably would have waited in that house until she came, which might have been never. Or burned it down. I like Which to think he that he about... would have burned it down. I like that line where yeah. he's like, he finished it, got rip-roaring drunk for six days. Uh, and I, I, the way they word it is perfect. Like, seriously contemplated burning it down or something like that. <laughs> and then put it up for sale. And then put it up for sale. <laughs> and then just wouldn't sell it to anybody. Uh, I love that the when they've been separated for about, like I think it would have been about five years at that point. when Because uh, the house was a thing before Allie. He was always like, this is something that I've wanted to do since I was a kid. I want to fix this house. That's why the dad knows about it. And the dad sells his house. And he's like, we're going to, we're going to do this. Um, So, and when he gets there, the narration says, and at that moment, when something that he's been waiting his entire life for, at that moment, he couldn't help but think about Allie. And, and the reverse on Allie's side of the story, James Marsden being the most charming person in the world with like you you can't marry me because then your parents are you'll never be able to prove them wrong <laughs> and is my james marsden impersonation on like Pretty that a little bit on, a little spot yeah. on thank you um when when he goes through that whole thing is like i'm exactly who your parents want you to end up with and there's all that kind of like dude calm down we she's like got this guy that from a while ago and uh, but it's been so long that maybe she doesn't even realize it at first until he actually proposes. And when he proposes, that's when the narrator comes in and says, and at that moment, a moment that she's been waiting her entire life for, yeah. she couldn't help but think about Noah. Yeah. And it's not necessarily because those two are meant to be together. It's because those two and what they shared in that brief little summer affected their larger dreams that they're going to carry for the rest of their lives. And I think that at the end of the day is why are there any like are there any like lawn like shippers like what it team lawns? Are there any team lawn? I certainly wasn't a team lawn. No? no. I don't think anybody was. Poor James Marston. <laughs> Nobody's like on his side. Buffy. There's nobody's what? <laughs> like the second major love. Of the main character. Second? Spike is the second major love of Buffy? Okay, well... Are you Team Angel? 
always. Yo, I'm Team Spike. No, 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 no. Angel and Buffy are 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 in love and meant to be together, but Spike and Buffy's love. This is going way off topic. We'll just we're we're actually going to eventually do a Buffy podcast. So Buffcast. Buffcast. Somebody's probably already stolen that name. I'll have to come up with one. Um. Do you have anything else you want to talk about in the notebook? I don't know. We covered kind of a lot. We, we covered, covered a lot. Quite um, a bit. The shame <laughs> that one <laughs> feels. The shame. The shame that one feels Just when the uh, general shame when you when you notice that Ryan Gosling is wearing brown contacts. I did not notice that because I always imagine him with his beautiful blue eyes. Yeah, he doesn't have them in that. Uh-huh. And you know why he has brown contacts? I can imagine. James Garner. James Garner. So that kind of throws that whole thing wow. you said earlier. Just right out the window. Right? Did they not Damn think it. about that or something? But you did. Right? You certainly and did. And they show the photos, so you're like, there it is. But it's not Ryan Gosling in the photos. I don't understand why they would make his eyes brown then. Me neither. It's very confusing. It's really confusing. Who else we got? I think that's it. That might be it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's almost been like 40 minutes already. Oh, wow. Look at that. <laughs> wow. Okay, great. See, I told you. It's Double. addictive. You just wow. you just start going. Um, so, yeah, that's that. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this uh, little episode of uh, Talking About the Notebook. Yeah. And, uh, you know, leave <laughs> us some comments or some love down below. And um, maybe we'll talk about the notebook more. But I think we honestly exhausted everything that yeah, we could squeeze out like of this next one. Next time I might need to make like a bullet point list. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we went all over the place. This is your first all podcast. That's place. right. This is, yeah, this is it. Mm-hmm. See, I've had just like, the tiniest bit of practice. Not that I'm like a professional or anything. I'm just right. saying like, I worked on my James Marsden impersonation <laughs> for like an hour before you showed up. Well done. That's not true. I didn't. Well done. I didn't oh, do it. well, I would have believed it. <laughs> uh, so um, stay tuned. Uh, we'll have another Over Drinkers podcast coming up. And we also have a bunch of great podcasts uh, coming up from Story Screen Presents, which is our podcasting division. You can find us on SoundCloud. Um, just, I guess, Google SoundCloud and Story Screen Presents. <laughs> that was a lot of ones. Thanks, Google. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thank you guys very much. And uh, Stamp. Thank you so much for talking to me about La Notebook. La Notebook. I think it's Le Journal. Oh, no, that's the newspaper. Never mind. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That's a good way to do it. Fried green tomatoes. Fried green tomatoes. Okay.